This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Welcome to Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal, brought to you by Bet Online. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how are you doing? This is uh, uh, We're actually recording a little earlier than we typically do, so we haven't even hit the weekend yet. I am doing well. I'm still looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to staying inside, trying to stay cool and not melt. How about yourself? Uh, about the same. About the same. I, you know, I got to tell you, I, I did play a little bit of uh, Metal, Metal Gear Solid Five. I picked it up the other night. I was like, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting this game done, and and I did. It was too late. Like it was not the right circumstances. It was terrible. I had a terrible time. I immediately failed the mission. I was like, nah, this is. I, I was like, I got to come back to this fresh fresh eyes, like during the day or something like that. So I'm gonna probably try to tackle a little bit of that. Uh, here this weekend, we'll we'll see how it goes, but definitely uh, staying indoors, staying out the heat. I gotta say, we've got a super special guest today, Lucas. Please introduce our friend. Of course, we are super excited to welcome Travis Willingham to the show. You know him from oh my goodness, hundreds of games, and including playing Thor in Marvel's Avengers out September 4th. Travis, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey guys, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. This is good. Ryan knows this. Marvel's Avengers is like one of my most highly anticipated games. I am so pumped for this game. So we are just ecstatic to have you on. And I'd kind of like to jump right in. You know, Thor is such a great and entertaining character. One of my favorites. I got to be honest. I have uh, (laughs) my nice little Thor's hammer there ready ready to go beside me. What about this character appealed to you? I know that you've played him in a a variety of different kinds of projects. Oh, man. I mean, you know, he's been a favorite of mine for a long time. I think the first time uh, I played Thor was in 2011 on a a Spider-Man animated series. And then uh, in various animated projects and video games since then, but, you know, it's 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 pretty wild because I grew up with comic books. I started out with DC, made my way to Marvel around fifth, sixth grade in the middle school, high school. Um, and it's funny, like Thor was one of the characters that I, I found the least interesting uh, in those days just because I felt he was kind of unrelatable, right? He was uh, a demigod and, you know, he spoke in this very classically stilted sort of way. And I was like, I just, I don't know if I get it so much. But, you know, in the past decade, they've just done so much with the characters and with the property that... He is just one of the most entertaining people to play because he still has some of that uh, that disconnect, right? You're, you're never really going to fit in on Midgard when you've done your your upbringing in Asgard. Um, 
and his efforts to try and, you know, vibe with the kids slang and make a social media account and try and figure out what the jokes are when they're being, you know, uttered around him. Uh, those sorts of things are kind of where the inherent charm lies with Thor. But for me, taking someone, uh, a character that has uh, just such an intimidating um, persona and, and visage, right, just right off the bat and and finding all the little nooks and crannies that make him unique and relatable and interesting and and finding the things that uh, make him relatable has really been the the thing that I enjoy the most about uh, 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 playing Thor. You know, being able to play him in so many different projects, when you were approaching uh, the Avengers game coming up here, what about the story appealed to you? And, and what sorts of different things were you trying to work in for this storyline? Well, I mean, first of all, it, it, when, when we found out that the game was being made and that it was going to be a motion capture game, I, I was in just point blank in I had I had to audition like everyone else and you know I, I did my fair share of begging but <laughs> knowing that it was going to be um, you know sort of up on its feet as we call it and that uh, I was actually going to be able to hold a mule near I I was gonna do anything I, I possibly could to be a, a part of the game which you know there was no telling what we were going to use for a Mjolnir in motion capture sometimes it can just be like a small PVC pipe with some tennis balls on there and some duct tape but they actually got like a replica mule near i was holding it i think i pretty much went everywhere with it maybe even the bathroom let's not uh, get into the details but um you know i mean for me um walking around as the character knowing that my expressions were going to be contributing to the performance uh instead of just using our voice which is what we you know typically do in in bo um, it's just so freeing, right? It really just adds more uh, overall when you can really take steps in the character more than just, uh, you know, acting with your voice. So, you know, for me, it's always fun to uh, to know the character as well as we do and then bring it to the stage. And then and then you see what the other characters are going to do, what Nolan's going to do as Iron Man, what Troy's going to do as Bruce Banner, what Laura's doing as Widow, what Sandra was doing as... Uh, as uh, as Kamala Khan and what Jeff was doing as Captain America, that's where you know the jazz really starts to to play. Um, it was really great. I know that this isn't the first time that you're playing Thor either. You've played him in animated series. You've played him in other games. Uh, did you bring any of those other experiences of playing Thor into this performance? Yeah, I mean, yes, right. Um, pretty much any time you play a character uh, that has a new iteration and a different project, it, it always adds like a merit badge, right? There's always like mm -hmm. the stamp from the Lego game. There's the stamp from the animated series. Uh, you always learn something new with each new line of dialogue or each new portrayal of his personality. Um, some things really click. Sometimes certain things don't. And you always just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, and the guys at Crystal Dynamics did such an amazing job at making a collaborative process. So it wasn't just like, hey, actor, here are your lines for this character. Now go and act, right? It was, right. hey, talk to us, right? We know you've been playing this for a few years. You probably know this character as well, if not better than us in some cases. Um, we're, we're, we're totally down for anything that you want to try or anything you want to explore or any suggestions you have. And as an actor, man, that's always just um, the best thing to hear, right? That's just going to create the most collaborative process and really create the best product. And so, um, you know, it was, it, was just, it was just great to know that uh, our voices were being um, uh, valued in that way. 
Yeah. And, and you and you said, too, this has been a complete collaborative uh, effort. You know, how has that been different than other projects that you've done and, and really like the benefits? Because I can imagine just at least being in another room, you know what I mean, with the character that you're working with, uh, you know, would be leaps and bounds as opposed to sitting by yourself and just kind of going through it that uh, through that process. For sure. I mean, you know, there well, there's there's kind of two parts to it. Like one is. Uh, recording by yourself versus recording together, or in this case, shooting in a motion capture stage together, right? When you're, when you're solo in a VO booth, you're really kind of coming up in your head with what you think the other actors are saying. And then it's really um, the job between you and the voice director to try and make sure that those, you know, voices are going to line up um, when you're not all together and you can't adjust on the fly. In motion capture, you know, being in the same room and throwing the ball back and forth, catching it, changing it, being dynamic, letting it be fluid, you know, having the uh, the ability to try things, um, and then that changes your your performance and changes their performance. That's really where the where the good stuff um, comes from. And then, you know, to your to the first part of your question, on certain games where um, maybe there's a little less improvisation or a little less collaboration, that usually stems from maybe a character that's being ideated or created for the first time, right? And they're really mm-hmm. trying to zero in on something specific. When you have a character like Thor and an IP like Marvel that's been around for decades, most people have a general understanding of where, you know, sort of the baseline of the character is. And if there were, you know, certain things that need to be hit, you're going to hit those things. And then you decide, what is it about this iteration, this project that we want to try and flex a little bit, that we want to push, that maybe we want to uh, introduce to an audience for the first time. And you come up with those things together. And so you have a little bit more freedom because people understand generally what the mythology is, what the rules or the science of the universe is, uh, and what you can get away with or what might be too much. So it always depends. A new project might be a little tighter just to set that baseline. And then something like this where it's been around for a while, you've got a decade of incredible movies uh, to pull from as well as you know decades before that of, of incredible storylines and comic books. Um, it just becomes about what can you do that uh, makes sense for the character but is also unique for this project without betraying anything that people might feel is too canonically um, significant. Does that make sense? It does. You know, with the added benefit for recognition purposes of having like the MCU uh, come out and and all that, does that make it a little more difficult creativity? creatively uh creatively whatever <laughs> about when people um when people might be coming to this game for the first time and have those preconceived notions of a different interpretation of thor i don't know if it makes it difficult it certainly makes it understandable right um because uh, you know we've seen commentary people be like you should just get the actors from the game or like this should just be a spinoff from where everything left off and I mean, you can, I suppose you can do that. The powers that be are going to do whatever they're going to do, but you also want to keep a a vitality um, and, and sort of reset from zero for this, for this iteration of, of the, of the storytelling, right. For, for an interactive property, it's nice to sort of clear, clear the slate, right. And say like this, these are how these characters interact and it's different from what you may know. And this is the world is how it is in this version of the story jump in with us and, and come along for the ride. Um, you know, it's, it's not really, um, I mean, look, I, I don't mind being compared to Chris Hemsworth any day of the week. That guy is <laughs> handsome as hell. You know, <laughs> there are, there are, there are worse things that I could be doing with my time. Um, 
you know, but but for us, it's also important to uh, distinguish our ourselves immediately, right? We mm-hmm. come in, the character relationships are different. Um, you know, it also helps keep the audience at the same uh, level, right? So if you if you've known the comics for years, you know general things about the characters. You don't really need. Uh, Thor to explain that he's from Asgard, where that is, what the Rainbow Bridge does, who his siblings or, uh, uh, you know, comrades are. We don't have to get into sort of that uh, depth of storytelling. You you know the basic buy-in. But you don't know what has happened prior to this. Obviously, they're a team. Mm -hmm. They've had some success. They're being celebrated. But clearly, the danger hasn't passed, right? And it's up to us as storytellers to say, you know, to hint at what that was, what's coming forward, how do these characters relate to each other versus what you may be familiar with over the past 10 years and jump into this new storyline. You know, for people that know comic books, folks know it changes all the time, right? Mm -hmm. New storylines, new iterations, characters hooking up with each other that haven't before. People got kids. There's time jumps. (laughs) You know, it's it's all crazy. That's also what makes comics so infinitely um reusable so it's just it's just our version of of what's going on with the avengers in this particular timeline i love how you explain that too because uh that's you know i mean that's kind of the way that i took it and i love that they're kind of going that route as opposed to trying to you know it's like it almost take of it take it and like shift the timeline over it's a different almost like dimension, you know what I mean? And a yeah, different reality yeah. that's going on. So it's a completely different story than what we've done, which, which I think is fantastic. You know, it's like that way there's not any kind of comparison to what's going on in the uh, cinematic universe, but you're also having the opportunity to, to introduce these new characters that maybe we haven't seen before. Uh, you know, it's a fun way to be able to, uh, to do that. I love what they're doing with this. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Yeah. And I also just think, you know, there are going to be people that going to be people that don't want to let it go, and some people that are going to want to jump in immediately. And you know, either reaction is is fine. If if people are open and willing to a uh, uh, to enjoy a new storyline and a new uh, mythology and a new canon, especially as it relates to this video game, I think they're going to be very very happy with what they find. People have really taken care uh, with with this story and with the IP. Is there something about Thor's character that you'd like to explore that maybe you haven't gotten the chance to yet? Ooh, good question. <laughs> you know, um, I I have always loved uh, sort of one of the things I've always loved about Thor is the old classic Donald Blake Donald Blake uh, alter ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while we've got a nice little nod to it in some of the promotional materials that have already come out for the game, you know, I, I can't say that we've really delved into any of uh, Thor's romantic interests or curiosities in this particular game there's always a chance for that uh in the future um but uh you know i i personally kind of wanted to see him with like a little cane or a staff like in the old comic book days that turns into mjolnir when he changes but you know i might be holding my breath for a while if i wait for that one (laughs) (laughs) you know you are no stranger to giant series of course uh roll with the rolls in the kingdom hearts to the batman telltale series just the spider-man ps4 mm-hmm. game when you are in a series like that when expectations are just sky high how do you approach that as an actor and kind of getting ready for that yeah i mean you know it, it depends especially on these games if you are for me it, it depends if you're a fan already of the property or not mm-hmm. um if you are super familiar with, uh, you know, if it's Batman, if you're familiar with the DC universe, if it's Avengers, are you familiar with the Marvel universe? Have you played Kingdom Hearts? If the answer to that is no, then I think, you know, it just, 
it just comes down to uh, your willingness to learn and dive into the material that's readily available there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, grab a copy of Kingdom Hearts, grab you some comic books, you know, in the in the case of, you know, comic books, there are probably some movies you can watch that'll, you know, be a faster digestion, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit easier uh, to, to catch up on. And then you fam- familiarize yourself with the material, which I think is always important because not only does it help you be informed about the terminology, the mythos, the, the, the relationships that's there, just the general fan vibe about what the latest and greatest things are that are happening within those universes. But it also helps you formulate a personal opinion, right? Something that maybe might be different from someone else. Maybe you've got an idea on how to interpret a character moment or a facet of the character that hasn't been explored before. And those things happen all the time might be rare but there's always a chance that you can bring some bring something new and unique to a character that hasn't been explored before and i think those things uh are extremely valuable so it always helps to have a personal uh spin and a feel on something when you're when you're going to take on a character that has a lot of pre-existing material or canon already do you have an example off the top of your head of finding that that little space of, of exploring something that hadn't been before with with any of your characters <laughs> you know i <laughs> I I personally uh, loved when uh, Taika Waititi and all of the guys on Thor Ragnarok were doing the interstitials uh, sort of uh, Thor living in a, with a flatmate uh, in between <laughs> and after the, the Avengers movies. And that was the sort of stuff that I loved incorporating into my performances, just talking about how he was going to pay rent or <laughs> – you know, what his latest social media account follower number was, or, (laughs) you know, how to get verified on Instagram, you know, any of the like mundane stuff that we put so much weight in, you find an immortal from another realm, you know, stressing (laughs) over Uh, those things are just gold to me because they're, they're, you know, you got literally Fabio from a romance novel looking at a cell phone and, and kind of stressing those, that, that stuff is, is just so great. Um, But, you know, I like to think that I put my own uh, my own spin on things. I'll I'll leave that to the audience to decide. <laughs> well, not only not only do you have an extensive game, you know uh, the 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 amount of roles and stuff like that, but also like I I saw that I was taking a look and I saw that you were uh, King Roland II in Sophia the First. I have a six year old daughter. I am very familiar with <laughs> Sophia the First. I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, I had no idea. I was like, that is awesome. Tell us yes, a little sir. bit about just you know. Uh, working in animation i know that you've had live action roles as well yes sir um it, it, it you know it's been a long and strange career <laughs> um you know i think uh, i think i moved out to california in 2005 or 6 uh with the same aspirations that anyone does to come out to california to be the next biggest film and tv star there's ever been uh that did not happen <laughs> but You know, I got my start uh, in voiceover back in Dallas working with Funimation on a bunch of anime dubs, right? Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho and Full Metal Alchemist, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really where I learned, uh, you know, the ropes of how VO works and and how to manipulate your voice, try accents, you know, and different uh, voice prints. Um, And when I came out to Los Angeles and, you know, I was basically doing every odd job under the sun to try and pay rent while auditions for, you know, bigger uh, film and TV projects were happening. Um, I realized that, you know, hey, they've got like video games out here and they also have dubbing, which I can do. And, you know, there's also animation. Should I try that stuff? There's no way that I could be in, you know, a cartoon or a video game. And it took a a long time to really build up um, the skills that you need to to be dependable for those projects. But, 
it turned out that that was really my passion. You know, the, the mm-hmm. nerdy stuff that I did as a kid, all the comic books that I read and, you know, getting up early at 6 a.m. to watch Thundercats and Silverhawks and G.I. Joe, yes. and, uh, you know, all of it. Right. Like that's that was making my um, inner self more happy than, you know, some grand aspiration of, you know, being some A-list movie star uh, ever would. Uh, and so I was very fortunate to to fall into it um, that way. And, you know, that's what I've been doing ever since. It's what I will do for as long as they'll let me. I, I have two questions for you related to that. One is what was the most challenging skill to develop to be ready for voice voiceovers? And what was the strangest odd job you had early on to kind of keep yourself afloat? Oh, great questions. Um, you know, in voiceover, I came from theater. Uh, so I was... I'm a very loud person. You know, I'm 6'4", about 245 pounds. I got a big old chest. My wife will tell you, like, I can hear you from across the store. Turn it down. Um, You know, my my family are just loud people. So I'm used to projecting uh, as loud as is needed to reach the the seat in the very back of the theater, right? Something I was very proud of. And voiceover, that is not worth a damn. They're they're actually like, hey, you are yelling and the mic is right in front of your mouth. You don't need to. Um, so learning how to be subtle, uh, learning mic technique, um, really learning how to, uh, create enough sound and, uh, deliver a performance almost with the minimal amount of, uh, breath or voice possible to create those really subtle and intimate reads was very challenging for me. It took a, it took a long time to be like, I'm, I'm barely talking. Is this enough? And then being like, yes, you were picking it up. Keep doing more of that. Um, <laughs> You know, of course, there's always accent work, mm-hmm. which is uh, a valuable commodity Commodity, if you're in voiceover. And man, let me tell you, it took me a number of years just to be able to do an English accent with any kind of proficiency. I was very slow to it. I, it took a lot of studying, a lot of uh, personal coaching from dialect coaches. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of people uh, fail to understand is, you know, they think that we're all... Um, just people that are inherently good at accents, you know, or impersonations. And there are certainly, uh, there are certainly folks out there that are Troy Baker, Nolan North. They are both incredible mimics. I would call them. They can hear an accent. They do it. They can hear a a personality or a way of speaking. They mimic it. Um, for me, I had to study really, really hard to, uh, to pick it up and, and be comfortable with failing along the way. So for me, that's what voiceover has, has, uh, my, my biggest challenges in voiceover and then the odd jobs guys i did it all i i was i was a bouncer i was a bar back i was a bartender i did valet i did tray passing i would do like baby showers wearing a pink bow tie and a cummerbund i mean i, I did it all guys it was i had no shame when i was out here it was just anything that could get some money in my pocket for that month <laughs> I, I, I heard more more often than not, is there any meat in that sushi? And I was like, no, ma'am, it is a California <laughs> roll. Your vegan sensibilities are intact. <laughs> They're being preserved. <laughs> you know, given the variety of characters you've gotten into play, is there a character you wish you could revisit? I don't know if there is a... I don't know if there's a character that I wish I could revisit as much as like certain auditions that I wish I could revisit, right? Certain... Um, you get it. You get chances every once in a while, at like big roles, and then you either uh, build it up too much and and overshoot or try too hard, mm-hmm. uh, or or of course the the typical actor conundrum, which is like you know you do the best 
uh, audition in the car after you've left because you, yeah. you know, you've gotten all your nerves out. Um, those happen all the time, but you know, getting another, another shot at a character, I, at least in, in the re- in recent years, I've, um, learned the valuable lesson of, you know, your time, uh, in the recording booth, whether you're working, you've been booked for a session and you're working, or if you're just going into audition, your time is your own. You gotta, you gotta maximize it. So it takes uh, a little bit of moxie to figure out that if you go in and you give a read and you know, as soon as you start talking that it sucks or you're just Mm -hmm. off, um, you know, some, uh, some acting coaches will be like, finish the, finish the read. Don't stop yourself. Ah, I say that don't listen to them because if it sucks, why keep doing it? If it's, if it sucks, I would just stand up and go like, Hey, can I start again? Or, um, if I've done a couple tapes and a couple takes and they're happy with it, but there's just one other thing that has just popped up in my head and I want to give it a shot. Normally I'll say like, Hey, can we go one more time? Even if we're behind, like, do we have time for one more? I feel like if there's something interesting that we might be able to, to hit and you know, there are times where they're like, no, we're way behind. Stop making us late. And other times where they'll say like, yeah, I love that you, you know, got something else in mind. Let's give it a shot. And so, um, you know, just, just speaking up and, and knowing that, uh, uh, you've got to honor the instincts that you have when they make themselves known uh, and just uh, listening to that. You know, I, I have to ask now, because th- this this has piqued my interest. When you say you wish you could revisit certain auditions, is there an audition or two that comes to mind? Oh, not, not, nothing, nothing specific. Okay. Um, it, yeah, nothing specific. It's just, you, you remember, you remember the ones where you walk out and you're like, man, and I did it so much better than that before. This. <laughs> Switching gears real quick, though, uh, you're you're also uh, doing. You've been a part of uh, Critical Role uh, for a while. Uh, huge D and D. You know, you guys are putting on these sessions again. I've I've gotten into and I've done a little bit of D and D, but like just watching you guys, you guys make it so much fun. that's great i love that you've given it a try i mean that's that's kind of well it's exactly how we fell into it uh you know i think almost half of the group had played before when they were either you know in college or in high school or even younger and the other half of us had never done any of that at all never picked up an rpg book didn't own any dice none of that stuff you know it was um it was more just like hearing somebody talk about it and being like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling <laughs> me you sit down at a table with some drinks, with some snacks, you make up some characters, you roll some dice and you play D and D you just go on an adventure. And they're like, yeah. I was like, all right, I got to do it. It might be <laughs> dumb. I got to try it. <laughs> and that was it, man. That's how it started. It was too much fun. You know, I had I had heard that for your current character that you actually had to do some research on sailing to kind of prepare for it. How much research do you put into characters before you guys actually sit down? <laughs> oh, man, it's true. It's true. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. Like, <laughs> when you have an audience the size of ours, if you make your character have, I don't know, a backstory that includes a proficiency in sailing, Man, you better know some <laughs> shit about sailing. <laughs> and, and I made the mistake of not. Like I was like, oh yeah, you know, he he grew up in a port town. He's he was on you know so many voyages. He's like the first mate to his captain. You know, he's he's a he's a well traveled sailor. 
and Matt Mercer, who is, you know, got an intellect that would rival Modoc, uh, you know, comes out and he's like, what's your favorite knot, a bowline or a butterfly? Or, you know, are you going to the mizzen mast or the main mast? What about the poor gal? I was like, whoa, 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 what, what are these words that you're saying? And he, you know, he offline with me was like, you made a character that had a backstory in sailing. I thought you just knew about sailing. I learned all this stuff so that I could <laughs> role play with you. And I was like, I don't know shit about sailing, that. What am I going to do? <laughs> and you hear about it, right? The internet lets you know right away. They're like, you don't know the difference between a boat and a ship. So, you know, in your spare time, you quickly jump on your nearest search engine and do whatever work you can. Hey, man, I even made an idiot's guide to sailing, a little consulting folder that I, I got no shame. I'll pull it out in the awesome. middle of the game and check it out. Is is this now going to affect your future characters' backstories and how you plan those out? <laughs> it, it it already has, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Don't don't make yourself a um, don't make yourself a, a, a blacksmith unless you are ready to learn the ins and out of blacksmithing. Just just be prepared. Well, I think that's what's cool about that game, though, too, man. Like, I mean, you get to use your imagination, and they, and not only that, but like they get so deep into a character, into a pro, uh, profession or whatever. Like, I, I had no idea that people have been doing this. Like, again, I've heard of it before, but like I never even thought about playing it until I was like somebody had said something, and I was like, all right, man, like let, let's check it out. And I only got a little taste of it, but. It it's like, man, you can get so deep with this. Yeah, I mean, you you really can, and that's also the interesting, or to me, the the revealing and interesting thing about D anD D is like you can make up whatever you want. It causes you to look into it in your time off, right? Because you just want to learn or know, and then the world is so deep. Like Dungeons and Dragons has so much lore. It's also based off of existing lore, existing mythology, right. existing religions, all of those things. You just inherently learn more about the history of the world kind of kind of as a byproduct but also just more about yourself and people because you are of course going to be trying to figure out situations that we're otherwise not going to find ourselves in right i mean like video games are a very close cousin to D&D in that you go on an adventure that is scripted for you it's been planned you have a starting point a middle and an end and you are hopefully trying to succeed at that mission mm-hmm. In D&D, it's really like one of those sandbox games in that you can do whatever you want to at any time. There are no rules about what you can or cannot do. Some may reward you and some may just outright kill you. But along the way, you're going to flex whatever muscles you have to achieve a common goal. And, you know, I think for most people, they're like, there's got to be like some limitations. And the answer really is no, you're really only going to be limited by your imagination and the ability of your DM, right? Which is... uh probably not going to be too limiting. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I actually had uh, tried my first D&D campaign during the whole quarantine here. And what would your advice be to somebody that that's always wanted to try D&D and they're getting ready, they're going to they're gonna sit down and take part in their first campaign? What should they be aware of and be prepared for to kind of maximize the fun? <sighs> Come in with an open mind, right? Um, and really, really take it easy on yourself. Be... Um, in fact, I will relay a little bit of uh, first-time parent advice that someone gave me. Uh, my wife was just about to give birth, and you know, I, everyone you come across has like a little piece of advice or something for you to keep in mind. And um, it was just an offhand encounter, and someone said, um, "Remember to keep your sense of humor about about being a new-time parent." And I thought that was so interesting. And then when Ronan was born, my son, the first couple of weeks, I was like, "Oh, I get it." 
this madness. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so important to keep your sense of humor and just remember that like all of this will pass and it's all wonderful and beautiful and just to appreciate it and be able to laugh at yourself. D&D is the exact same thing. It can feel chaotic and weird and strange, uh, you know, and no two games are alike. It, it, just because you see people on Critical Role that are a bunch of voice actors, you know, doing a bunch of dumb voices and having a good time in that way doesn't mean that the game that you try and find is going to be the same way. A lot of people don't, um, you know, put on a, a character mm-hmm. voice. They just speak how they are. And some people are more interested in numbers and uh, number crunching and, you know, hack and slash, you know, dungeoneering adventure based stuff. And other games are really more interested in RPing and exploring, you know, different uh, lifestyles and how people interact and, you know, negotiation tactics and how to uh, talk your way or deceive your way through certain situations. So you really are going to come across anything and everything in a D&D game. But if it's your first time, just remember that, uh, you know, a- as in life, nothing is permanent. Almost everything is recoverable. And even if it goes horribly, horribly wrong, there is a lesson in it. And uh, if you roll nothing but ones, it's probably going to be very, very funny if everything goes wrong. <laughs> and I, I, I just encourage people to remember that. I know a lot of folks want to come in and be awesome and roll all the 20s. But I got to say, I have laughed the hardest when everything goes wrong. <laughs> That's the best. Sometimes it's 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 fun to watch people fall. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to make 100%. sure they're okay. But but I am gonna laugh uh, as long as you're okay. So there's I totally re- get there, that. There's a reason fail videos are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What, so let me ask you: What kind of uh, uh, projects uh, or things do you have going on in the future? Um, is there anything that you're working on? I know that we've had a lot of time, uh, you know, and and right now with the the, the whole uh, COVID situation, it's really changed uh, the whole landscape of everything people are becoming a lot more familiar with the digital space and technology and what it could truly do uh you know what kind of what what has your experience been so far uh throughout this time yeah it's boy it's been an incredible time uh it's certainly pushed everyone to their uh their limits of um both flexibility and uh adaptability right um yeah for us in particular you know being voiceover people we were very fortunate in that um, you know, with acquiring the right gear, um, updating our systems to the appropriate tech, uh, we were able to uh, sort of set up a remote system so that we were able to record from our from our house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are not uh, fortunate enough to maybe to be able to do that either from, you know, just the the ability to get that gear, which was also on a shortage just because everybody was out doing it at yep. the same time, or maybe they got loud neighbors or thin walls or, or whatever it is, um, which we you know, deal with from time to time when people are having, you know, leaf blowers go off outside and stuff like that. But, (laughs) you know, for, for all of our projects, um, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting thing to, uh, normally get in a car, drive to a studio, say hi to your, you know, producing and directing partners, uh, you know, uh, do a bunch of lines as your favorite character and then drive home versus I'm just going to go sit in my closet that has been partially soundproofed air quotes, um, and, uh, do a bunch of lines as Thor or, you know, any of the other uh, projects that we're, that we're working on. And then I'm going to send them off and step out of my closet and grab a cup of coffee before the next (laughs) session starts. Um, it's a very unique thing. And then, you know, throwing a two-year-old into the mix and the volume that such a two-year-old can create, uh, also makes for interesting, uh, an interesting hurdle. (laughs) Um, but, uh, 
it's it's been really great and you know my wife is a is a patient and understanding woman and um we're just grateful that we've been able to to continue to work on on this and all of our other projects um you know we're in production on uh, an animated series for critical role called the legend of vox machina with with amazon studios and you know it was one oh, thing to right. to take on an animated series for the first time uh in, in the normal world where we can you know sit with our animators and our storyboard artists and and sort of learn on the fly and then uh right when we started to get pretty comfortable you know the the pandemic hit and you know now we're doing it all from home so we're very familiar with zoom calls and you know other online meetings and uh and just collaborating digitally but um you know i'm happy to say that it's a it's a um, a technology that has been very fruitful uh, and allowed us to continue the development and production of that series so uh, you know, so far, so good. You know, I mean, obviously, it, it's such a, a creative family you guys have got there. What What are the dynamics of, of both being in the same industry? Does that make it easier? Do you think? Does that make it harder? I mean, is it would it be what would be different if one of you weren't say into acting? For sure. Um, you know, I've I've had relationships where uh, you know my the person I was with was an actor and the uh, others where they were not. Uh, I think it, you know, there are obviously positives and negatives to both uh, usually, but I can tell you that uh, having my wife uh, be a voice actor, knowing what the business is like, what the demands of that job are, um, what the mentality can be between jobs, during jobs, um, you know, what the stressors can be is is invaluable, mm -hmm. right? It, it creates a shorthand um, and really, uh, an understanding that's, you know, usually takes a lot of work between partners. You just got to communicate all that stuff. Communication is so important. Um, and we still have to do that, of course, because just because we're in the same business doesn't mean that a man and a woman experience the business in the same way or roles in the same way. And, you know, each, all of these jobs are different and unique. Um, and each one leaves a different, uh, residuum, if you will, on you, uh, after, after the process. So we share all the time, but to me, it's been one of the, the most um, gratifying things having someone that knows, you know, like the, the, the high victory of coming home from a day of shooting and being like, man, that scene, I nailed it. It just it was 10 out of 10. Couldn't be happier with the way that it went versus, you know, coming home and, and also being like, ah, oh, God, today just sucked. Like nothing went the way I thought it would. The sessions went long. I just couldn't get this line or this moment. We just couldn't really nail it down. I just feel like I'm the worst actor in the world. And having that sounding board that totally gets it mm -hmm. right. Um, so the, the, in those ways, it's uh, it, it's invaluable. Um, uh, and, and other times, you know, I remember relationships where people were like, "Cool, so you're going to audition for you know a TV show today?" And you're like, "Yeah, it's for so and so director, and they worked on this and X, Y, and Z." And they'd be like, "Okay, sounds fun." And <laughs> 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 that was it. You're like, "Okay, well, there's I guess there's something good about that as well." <laughs> you know. But yeah, my advice, Mary. <laughs> there you go. There you go. In the spirit of the Avengers here, what would your Avengers team of your past characters be? Say four or five of them if they were coming together. Oh wow. Okay. What would what would my preferred team of Avengers be if I could only pick four or five? Yeah. Yep. Oh boy. Okay. All past and present members. I would throw Wolverine in there. Yes. Just because that healing factor is boss. Um Man, I don't think Jean Grey's ever been an Avenger, so that's out. <clears throat> I would definitely keep the Hulk because, I mean, come on, you got to have a tank. Uh, Tony Stark is a brilliant mind and tactician, so I'd throw him in, in there as well as Vision. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I've got Vision, Hulk. I've got Wolverine. Uh, I got to say my myself, or I'm just a worthless piece of shit. So Thor's got to go in there. Uh, and if I don't say Black Widow, I'm going to get divorced. So let's round it out with Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> Plus, you got to have a five. You man. do. You got to have some substitutes. You let's really go. do. You really do. So, I mean, Vision and Wolverine here, are, are, there's two members that are not currently in this game. Do you th- Do you think, would you like to see them in, in the future? I, I absolutely, listen, I would love to see all of the Marvel Universe uh, integrated into this game in, let's call it, 10 sequels to this game. <laughs> Is that what you guys said, Ben? <laughs> oh, amazing! <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would love to see all that, and not that, not that Cap uh, and and Iron Man, uh, you know, uh, and and Kamala Khan don't have any value. They definitely do. I'm, I'm just trying to get those characters in the game. Get the X Men in there. Get the def- get the Defenders yes. in there. Let's get Punisher and Frank Castle. Let's go. Yes. Like, let's get it top to bottom. I like it. Well, it, it, I'm curious, too, just to see how much they expand on this game once it comes out and everything. I, I really do feel that there's a lot of potential uh, here to it. And it'll, it'll be like they can make it they can make it real meaty. They can make it real they meaty. Could. I mean, uh, here's the thing. When we started out and we knew that, you know, Insomniac Spider-Man had happened, we were like, is there a chance that we're going to bridge the gap? And they're like, oh, man, that would be great. You know, we just don't know anything about that right now. You know, we're just kind of focused on the game. And then we just got that announcement, PS4 exclusive for Spider-Man. We were like, what? <laughs> and they, they even they sprung it on us like super sly. We did a whole session of dialogue. And at the very last line at the at the end of the day was like, hey, we need to pick this up for, you know, potential DLC. I forget what they called it. And it just said, welcome to the team, Peter Parker. And I was like, Peter <laughs> Parker? Are you serious? <laughs> they were like, yeah, I got you. So, so, you know, I was like, who else? Who else is coming? Who else is coming? Come on, fam. And they were like, nope. Uh, you know, that's it for now. And I'm like, that's it for now? Are you lying again? Are we doing this whole dance? So, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> you know, I, I know, Ryan, I don't know if you more because my last question is when you get to this point in a release cycle right before a game's about to come out, what what is that like for, for you guys as actors when – it's going to be released to the public here pretty soon. Everybody's going to get their hands on it. And you never, you're never a hundred percent sure of what the reaction is going to be. I mean, it's, you know, we've, we've done the work already. So, you know, we're kind of limited in, in what can be done and you just, uh, you know, trust in what you did, the experience that you had, you know, that you left everything out there and that you hopefully people will enjoy it. You know, there, it's also 2020. So, you know, the inter- internet can be super loud. Um, there are always going to be people that uh, that either love what you did or hate what you did or anywhere in between. And, you know, luckily with enough time and experience, you just learn to uh, accept that as, as part of a release. You know, hopefully you also have uh, the, the thick skin in order to or the thick skin that lets you know that, you know, one comment, while it might might be, um, you know, uh, full of praise uh, and, and glory in no way defines your performance just as much as a, a comment that is tearing you down or critiquing or smashing you uh, defines the performance either, mm-hmm. right? It is a mishmash of everything in between with the truth invariably some, somewhere being in the middle. And really, um, you know, there's a lot of truth to the old actor uh, adage of just ignoring what the critics say, right? Not in a not in a gross way where it's like critics don't matter or don't listen to them. But, you know, if you read the reviews every time you did something, you're going to invariably start trying to change something about what you mm-hmm. did. Um, and I think it's more important just to trust in the process and leave it all out there versus, 
you know, really looking and seeing what people, you know, saw or did, you know, there are so many actors that go out there and go like, I don't see my own movies because I can't stand the way my face moves or the way my voice sounds. Um, I'm not quite like that. I like to, I like to check it out just because, you know, it's, it's so much different in my head normally than how it, it normally appears. Plus I'm a comics fan. So, you know, I'm playing this game. <laughs> um, but I, I know enough from the process that, uh, you know, the, the diehard comic fans are going to enjoy the Easter eggs and the little nods that are in there for the people that have been watching the, the movies or the TV shows, they're going to have stuff that they, uh, that they love. Uh, and for, for anyone out there that somehow hasn't, um, you know, seen a Marvel movie or read a comic book and they're coming to it new for the first time, I think they're going to find themselves being introduced to a universe that is full of possibility and potential and just a Alexandria library worth of stuff to dive into if they so choose. That is awesome. I, I, I am super pumped for it. Again, Travis, uh, tell us, where can we find you at uh, the different place? Where are you on the interwebs? Oh, man, you know, um, my socials are the same. Uh, I made a dumb social media handle years ago, and it is stuck. You can find me <laughs> at Willing Blam on both Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, Sam Regal, for that dumb handle. <laughs> uh, and you can find us uh, every Thursday night uh, on Critical Role at uh, twitch.tv slash Critical Role. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Thank you, guys. This has been amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, thanks to Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, you'll never miss your favorite teams and players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you heard of DealDash.com? It's the most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have more than 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE or DealDash.fm slash BLUEWIRE. That's DealDash.fm slash BLUEWIRE. And welcome back. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And thanks for listening to that first part of our episode with the interview with Travis. Ryan, that was a, a, a lot of fun to talk to him. That was awesome. Uh, not, not only the dude hilarious, but just getting his insight. I mean, he's been in the industry for so long. Uh, so to be able to speak to someone that has ran the gamut as far as uh, acting from live action uh, to a bunch of voice work to animation and stuff like that. And then, you know, digging in and and, and doing a, a critical role and, and whatnot. It was an absolute honor to be able to, to speak with Travis. Um, 
kind of switching gears here, though, uh, this news uh, just came down. Apparently, Microsoft is backing Epic Games in in the fight v. Apple and v. Uh, Google, which to me, this is not surprising in the least. What do we know about this? Microsoft wants to be able to get xCloud onto iOS devices. Right now, they are also struggling uh, to be able to do that. We know that Stadia had the same issue. GeForce Now had the same issue. That's why none of this stuff or none of those applications are on iOS devices, which closes out a huge portion of the market. So Microsoft, this completely makes sense for Microsoft because they they themselves want something out of this, right? They want to be able to, they want Apple to, to they want this stuff to break. Again, this will set a precedence uh, as far as in the gaming world and, and how it works um, within mobile and that, and that whole ecosystem. So it is not surprising to me. We This is exactly the type of backing, though, that Epic would need to be able to go in a fight. Hey, why not we bring in a, another billion-dollar company, <laughs> another big boy uh, to come into the fight? Uh, you know what I mean? So this is not surprising to me as far as with that. I know there's a lot of people. Again, I'm kind of still I, – I have mixed feelings about this, you know, because, again, they, they signed this contract. They knew what they were getting into. We know that other services also charge like a 30% uh, fee to utilize their services. So, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm kind of in the middle – on this one, I think there's benefits, but I also don't like the way uh, that that Epic went about this and and how this fight is going on. I, I, you know, charging up, charging up your fans to to make out as Apple being a boogeyman. Uh, but again, other people will 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 argue that Apple is anti-consumer. Uh, so, you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm so torn as far as which way this goes. I'm very much sit back and, and watch to see how this plays out. But uh, it was it was not a surprise to me to see uh, Microsoft jump in. And I think this could also uh, kind of ignite uh, other companies into saying, you know what, we're we're standing behind Epic as well. Yada, yada, yada. Whether that has any kind of difference within the legal system you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't think it does. You know, this is going to play out in courts is how this is going to play out. The other stuff is just fodder. I mean, you also had Apple saying, look, uh, you know, they're trying to they're trying to uh, uh, put out so that they can still at least operate for right now. I can't I can't think off the top of my head. Um, but but Apple, you know, came up and said, look, listen, this is this is harm that you guys did to yourselves by how this played out. So, you know, you can't you can't say anything on that. This is self-inflicted wound. So, both you know, there this is interesting to see how this is going to play out when you got big companies uh, sitting here having that. But it's going to have huge implications as far as moving forward with uh, gaming companies, publishers and things like that and um, mobile devices devices in that world yeah this is <laughs> this is getting more and more fascinating by the day it seems like and yeah you know ryan you are right that the x factor here for epic is you're getting a company like microsoft a giant humongous company now backing them and so you know everybody knows that apple and google are, are huge companies and it seems like they have limit unlimited resources behind them but now you've got a company like microsoft which has pretty deep pockets behind them too here and you know it's fascinating to me because 
right now the PR battle is just being waged and it's getting ridiculously harsh between everybody. And it just makes you wonder, regardless of what happens, how are these companies ever going to find a middle ground after this? Yeah, I mean, that's business for you, too. You know, it's, I, I feel like eventually they'll be able to there there may be some some hurt feelings moving forward uh which again i i feel like that in itself hurts the consumer because uh, you have less less collaboration and and less uh innovation as far as with it with that uh with the industry but you know the other thing about this too is that microsoft has has uh you know, I mean, they, they are fully in this game as well, because not only uh, is Epic a gaming company, they also are the creators of Unreal Engine and a bunch of games have been built around this engine. So if Epic is essentially banned, that could potentially mean that uh, the Unreal Engine, which all these companies have built their games in this engine, uh, you know what I mean? That could have a huge impact on on the whole field of things so i think now this is up in you know that's kind of up in the air and and microsoft took a look at that as well and said whoa we can't have them doing that we've got a huge stake uh in the unreal engine 5 that'll be coming out i believe ps5 is using that uh too it's it coincidentally um it was uh, Unity, the Unity engine, uh, just released today that they are going to be going public as a company. Uh, so there are a lot of moving parts that are happening right now in this world. Uh, I highly recommend, guys, to pay attention, take a look at news articles and stuff like that, because I kind of feel like this is this may, you know, again, have implications to change what the gaming environment and the gaming space looks like moving forward. You're absolutely right. And, you know, especially since we are quickly approaching a future where games are going to be available on multiple platforms, where it doesn't matter as much what you're playing it on as opposed to just that you can play it. And so something like this is going to have huge ramifications in one way or the other. And I am not smart enough in this area to tell you if it would be good or bad based on who wins or loses. But yeah, this is this is super interesting and this is going to be big. This is going to affect gaming in very major ways. It's it it really is. It really is. And again, I'm I'm really keeping a close eye on the cloud space cuz I feel like that has you know, there's a huge under that's the huge underlying fight that's happening here, too, is um, being able to, uh, you know, cloud gaming and that being able to reach all these users of iPhones and and uh, Apple products. You know, it opens up the doors uh, for these cloud based companies and these cloud based services that we know the gaming uh, uh culture not culture but the environment is is leaning more and more towards so that will open that up but I, I you know again i knew this was something that was that's been brewing for a while you know with stadia because i got stadia and i was like wait a second i can't play it on my phone i have i have apple products and i couldn't play it so basically i could play stadia on my pc why would i play stadia on my pc <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i it was that was infuriating i was just like i can't even play it on my mobile device i don't want to get a chromecast leave me alone i've got an amazon fire stick come on man you know so <laughs> i want to be able to again i i very much have that same 
Microsoft mentality of, hey, I don't care where you own the game, uh, how you want to play it, but but we'll give you the option to be able to play it wherever, however you'd like to. Uh, we are building out that infrastructure and and they've got it. And xCloud Gaming, I think, is, is coming soon, too. So that's going to be, you know, again, that's going to be huge. I, I really wanted to, and I was super, super about GeForce Now. We even did an episode about it uh, earlier in the year. And that, that kind of got killed when when they actually went live and the publishers uh, started saying, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You got to charge in a subscription. Hold up. We didn't get our piece of the pie. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you had these big developers backing out and they took their games off the platform. There's still a lot of good games on there that you can utilize that system uh, or, or that cloud service. But uh, it definitely took some steam out of their engine uh, when the big uh, when the big boys started pulling out. So it'll be interesting to see what xCloud does. I know that Steam also has their cloud service uh, coming out soon as well. So the race is heating up. The race is heating up. It is heating up, and we're getting the big players stepping in now. So this is going to be fun. As a gamer, it's fun and a little bit scary, a little bit uncertain, but... Who knows? It's going to be one wild ride. Absolutely, it is. Uh, also, you checked out Fandom, right? Fandom, uh, the DC thing. Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so it was an online event from DC where they went over uh, movies and games, basically. They're going to have a separate event for their TV shows. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. I admittedly give dc a lot of flack uh i think that they've struggled in a lot of areas especially movies but this was a pretty fun event it was a you got a lot of cool reveals and i want us to talk about two specifically the two games that were announced and they are batman gotham knights and suicide squad and you know what i mean these are games that have been kind of teased and hinted at and it was fun to get kind of get a first look at it and I think they look pretty cool, although I do have a, a few little concerns. But Ryan, what did you think of the trailers for those games? All right, so I didn't. I did not watch the event live. I actually watched the trailers right before we started recording. Tada! Um, but I, I got to check it out. Uh, the Batman, because I know that there was also a a movie that was announced, The Batman, and then we've got uh, this is uh, this one as well that that you're saying. Uh, does not follow the the Batman series uh, that we all know uh, from previous. And then we know that there is a telltale uh, version of Batman as well. I kind of feel like and and I don't know. I don't know if this is a DC thing. Again, I totally have a bias. I am totally a Marvel person. I was never really that into into DC, I think. Superman is the cheapest superhero <laughs> ever. The dude literally can't be stopped unless you go off the planet and get some some alien <laughs> mineral. Like, come on, man. That's not even fair. That's not even fair. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I, wa- I watched this trailer. And it, again, I think it's kind of indicative of DC. I kind of I, I feel like they never really just stick to one storyline or one universe. Like, I feel like there's like three different fits. I mean, there's 15 different Batman, uh, you know what I mean? Iterations of Batman. And it's getting so confusion or confusion. Confucius says, geez, uh, 
Yeah, it's just getting so confusing as someone that's trying to. And again, I've kind of been outside uh, looking in, uh, but it's it's so hard. And I kind of like I've tried to get into a little bit. I've watched some movies and stuff like that. But like there's just so many different iterations of the same characters that keep getting explored over and over again. I am, I got to say, however, excited to see the Black Adam movie. I think that's going to be dope. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with that. But yeah, as far as with this game, uh, you know, it's, uh, any Batman game is going to be cool, right? right. It's going to be fun to play. Uh, you know, it, it looked pretty solid uh, as far as what I saw in the in the uh, trailer. You've got some some cameos from uh, you've got to see uh, uh, Batgirl and and uh, um, uh, Robin and and uh, the other dude that I can't think that strike that stroke maybe or no I, I could be making that up anyway I shouldn't even try I'm a fool <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah no this looks I mean, and again too it's, it looks like it's going to be a uh, uh, co op game which is fun we know we've seen a lot of games kind of go this co op route so it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see what their take is. Uh, on the on uh, co-op uh, and and their game and their storytelling and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll keep my eye on it again. I'm not the the like this doesn't get me all hyped up. But if I were a DC fan, I would think this game would definitely hype me up. You know, the the chance to possibly kill Superman in Suicide Squad game doesn't True. excite you. True. I was going to uh, you know, I forgot about that end part. That part <laughs> blew my face off because, you know. Superman, bad guy, melts dude's face. Like, all right, I can get on board with that. Let's see what this is all about. Uh, I think the story, if anything, is going to be super cool. Uh, Just having Superman, uh, you know, the juxtaposition of him uh, being the villain as opposed to being the ultimate superhero uh, is always fun to play with. Yeah, you know, I... Overall, I would say I'm excited for both these games. Uh, I am a pretty big fan of the Arkham series. I, I do enjoy those games a lot. I've had a lot of fun with them. And so that first game that they showed, Gotham Knights, seems like tonally it's more in that vein, uh, which is strange because that's the one that's not in the Arkham universe, they said, whereas the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad game is supposedly in the Arkham timeline. So <laughs> I, yeah. it's strange to me on, on that choice. But... Honestly, what I miss is I was hoping one of those games would have just been a single player experience, kind of like the Arkham series. And maybe this is going to make me sound old fashioned, but I do like a mix of experiences and I do love an engrossing single player experience a la Last of Us or something like that. And so I was hoping one of those would just be single player focused and single player centered. And so the fact that it doesn't look like either of them really are is kind of disappointing to me. I was hoping one of them would be. Yeah. You know, they could always be working on something that they perhaps weren't ready to announce. Uh, that's more of a single player driven uh, game as opposed to, the, to uh, a co-op game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll see what they have working. And I, I mean, I feel like that, that whole, they've been active in trying to actively do so, something uh, with that universe. I feel like it's been quite, quite scattered around mm-hmm. uh, i don't see the the big picture but you know again maybe they do have a bigger picture as far as with this but it would it would be nice to see them kind of dial this in a little bit and you know again i, I think these games i mean you were talking about the suicide squad um you know that looks more along the lines of the marvel avengers uh format mm-hmm. uh, of, a, of a co-op game so i think that could be fun it's always fun being your favorite 
superheroes, you know, but I, I feel like a lot of that too can be driven into, you know, a, a good storyline and, you know, and, and you can have some of that competitive or not competitive, I'm sorry, but uh, cooperative uh, play. But, you know, for me, don't heavily rely on that. I, I, I There's got to be a good storyline or something that's going to continue to engage me uh, beyond just that base. You know, it, again, it, it, for me, it's, it's like destiny. I better have a bunch of stuff that I can do after the main storyline is done. Otherwise this will become cold and stale very quickly. Right. I think what I would love is, you know, similar to Marvel's Avengers game, but you also had a game like Spider-Man, which was single player focused. I, I kind of mm-hmm. want that, you know, if you had a game like suicide squad, that looks like it's, it's in the vein of a Marvel Avengers just from that first look. Uh, if we could get a, even if it wasn't a Batman game, a different DC hero game that was single player focused and kind of just have that range and variety of experiences, I would love that. I think if they announce something down the road, that would be amazing. Yeah, well, and, and we'll see how they do too, because I think that'd be a fun, uh, different way of being able to introduce more of these characters on a more intimate basis. You know what I mean? You have this, this, uh, a single player game where it's all about this person's storyline and then you can start expanding their role into the cinematic universe into you know whatever whatever mm-hmm. but it, it, they, they could really take advantage of using video games as a tool to progress storylines or to to flesh out uh the universe that they're trying to create yeah i totally agree with you and you know what i might take some flack for this i'm still gonna say it you know one <laughs> of the advantages marvel has right now over dc is because of the mcu so many of their characters have become household names and i just don't think dc has that recognition across all their characters i mean everybody knows batman everybody knows superman everybody knows wonder woman you know thanks to a movie like aquaman more people know aquaman but you don't have that wide recognition across their stable of characters that i think marvel has right now and so Mm -hmm. it would be nice to get to, so, to know some of these characters through some single player games in a way that we haven't really unless you're a huge comic fan or maybe some of their uh animated project fans yeah i agree i agree 100 man uh again i thought as far as a show as a whole uh if i was a dc fan i thought they 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 executed it well uh you know they they definitely fired up uh their their fandom haha <laughs> i used it uh, <laughs> uh you know they they fired everybody up uh you know knocking out or going with video games and movie uh releases and previews and trailers and stuff like that well done by them it was a great event uh, i know we want to start wrapping things up here i wanted to quickly go over because uh, again guys we do see the uh reviews we appreciate the reviews and you guys reviewing the podcast we are super glad that you guys are enjoying the content uh that we are producing i wanted to touch on something uh very quickly this was from technical foul uh, technical file says, and this technical file is not the only person that has said this, but uh, technical file says, hopefully we get some 2K and Madden news. Uh, to to speak on that, I'm not even gonna lie. 
I don't know much about them. I, I think the last 2K I played was 2K10. Uh, although I did just get 2K20 because I think it was free on um, PS Plus. <laughs> but I, I, I tell you what, Technical File and the other person that, that said something uh, earlier on, uh, we will look into that. We will try to educate ourselves a little bit so maybe we can we can cover uh, some of the goings-ons in those leagues. So thank you so much for the suggestion. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, Lucas, I think this is going to wrap it up for us. What do you got going on the rest of the week, my friend? What do you got going on in the video game world? You know, I am ready to start Spider-Man with my girlfriend. So I think that's what we're going to do. I think that's our next game. And as just as a little shout out to NBA 2K21, Damian Lillard's going to be on the cover. Huge Lillard fan. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm back going for it. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is a Spider-Man weekend. I have not uh, really gotten a chance to to even finish that game. And I know that that everyone loves it. And I love Spider-Man as a character. So I'm I'm excited to get caught up with that. How about yourself? Uh, you know, I'll be on uh, Mishmash TV playing Detroit Become Human uh this week and then uh over on my stream twitch.tv slash smitty2447 uh i think we might do a little more fall guys again and maybe get into some overwatch possibly uh i'm not sure exactly i'm thinking about restarting i tried like i was saying earlier i tried uh restarting metal gear solid five or or playing from where i left off and it was a complete mess so i'm gonna try to take some time and and do that but again School started this week, so this is a crazy week getting our daughter acclimated uh, to getting back on, you know, uh, uh, it's distance learning and everything's on school. So I'm sure I'm going to have my hands full with that, Uh, but we'll see how the weekend goes and we'll try to get some games in. Uh, That's going to do it for us today on land parties guys again thank you so much for joining us taking the time to review uh downloading we appreciate the love guys we are feeling the love over here we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week and we love your faces did somebody say playoffs NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds and futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.